For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. One, two, one, two. It is fight week. <laughs> Triple G versus Brooke this Saturday. It is God's Girl Boxing every Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Roberto Flack, soon to be joined by my man, R.O.D., as we're going to be discussing <laughs> Triple G versus Kel Brook, which is taking place in, at the O2 Arena this Saturday uh, for for the United States audience, whether you're if you're on the East Coast, it'll be around like 4 p.m. Uh, on the West Coast, around 1 p.m. But they will be televising it again with the fight we're going to be talking about tonight as well: Chocolatito Gonzalez and Carlos Cuadras, and that is going to be the main event for the HBO card at night which will be uh, preceding the, the the replay of Triple G versus Kell Brook. So we're going to be talking about that tonight, man. We got a fight on Spike TV, uh, a rematch from, uh, I think it was earlier this year, with Sergio Mora and Danny Jacobs. Uh, and some what some call the round of the year. I guess it was last year, right? And, you know, we're going to see the rematch on Spike this Friday. So, you know, a little warm-up for the weekend, if you will, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to be talking about those fights as well. But um, really, uh, the big – well, it's not news. I mean, we know about this fight. It's the biggest fight, I think, in the fall as it relates to pound-for-pound status in the sport. We had the official – I would say the official press conference – with both guys physically there, an official stare down, and that is the fight, of course, I'm speaking of Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward taking place November 19th, officially at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, live on HBO Pay-Per-View. So they did a press conference today, you know, both, you know, both of these guys, you're not going to hear trash talking, you're not going to hear... I mean, maybe from the trainers <laughs> uh, as it relates to Virgil Hunter and, and John David Jackson. Uh, you know, they, they, they're outspoken trainers, but both of their fighters are fighters that do most of their talking in the ring, which is as boxing fans is what we want to see most of. So, you know, they had the press conference today, and, you know, it was a long stare down, and, you know, it was it – was, um, kind of, you know, set in stone now, man. Like, we are going to get <laughs> one hell of a fight November 19th, like I said, live on HBO Pay-Per-View. And, it, you know, you could go on YouTube. They have uh, they have clips of that uh, as, a, you know, as it relates to now the lead-up. Uh, and hopefully HBO does a good job at, as far as promoting is concerned, man, because Boy, I can have a whole show with those guys. <laughs> um, there was news today, or not today, I'm sorry. Uh, news broke a couple of days ago, man. I guess the segue uh, from uh, the, the announcement of uh, Triple G and Andre uh, Wow. <laughs> Let me just say that again. Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward. 
Um, and there was a fight that we thought we were going to get in October, uh, courtesy of HBO, and I think every boxing fan would agree this would be a barn burner, uh, not to use an old cliche, but Curtis Stevens and David Lemieux, a fight we believe was going to happen, we were hearing about it, is now not going to happen as HBO's budget woes continue and um, they basically can't, I don't know if it's, they can't afford the bill or they don't want to pay for the bill, but this is just another example, man, of HBO, uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying falling to the wayside yet, but I mean, man, like, we got Bob Arum over here now trying to get out of town <laughs> uh, with HBO, and, you know, we, they put Crawford Postal on HBO pay-per-view, and uh, look, I don't think, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that fight was not going to be a big seller on pay-per-view. And, you know, that's a fight that should have been on HBO pay-per-view along with this Canelo Smith fight, <laughs> you know, and, and, and fights that don't um, have a pay-per-view billing, you know. And, and again, man, look, this is, this is the nature of the business as it relates to HBO's way of doing things now and when you think about the landscape of the sport man i mean you think about guys like bud crawford and canelo alvarez and triple g who are i guess the bigger name and you know and i can't even say manny pacquiao anymore he's not fighting on hbo in his, his next upcoming fight and who knows if ever so when you look at their stock of guys, man, and, and it almost makes sense why HBO is not hammering down for Triple G and Canelo to fight just yet because they'd be blowing their wad too, <laughs> you know. So you know, kind of made things are starting to make a lot of sense now down over at HBO, man. So you know, there was word that we're not going to get that fight. David Lemieux is going to fight somebody else. I forgot the name that they brought up, but. Uh, this is not a good look, man. Uh, I mean, again, look, we got we got a nice doubleheader on the state side as, as it relates to Triple G and Brooke being on HBO because in the UK that's on pay per view, you know. So we're getting, you know, we're kind of getting like a, a a one up from HBO, but you know, outside of the the Gonzalez and Quadras fight, man, uh, you know, HBO is is not playing with a lot of chips these days, which is crazy to see because they've been. Um, they've been the top bill in boxing as it relates to just airing boxing. Uh, and, and again, they got Andre Ward and, um, and, and Sergey Kovalev, but again, these are pay-per-view fights. You know what I mean? Uh, these aren't fights that are going to have big ratings on HBO. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know how they expect to develop these stars because, you know, somebody like Floyd Mayweather made his name fighting on HBO, not on pay-per-view. Uh, you know, nobody knew who, who Floyd Mayweather was, um, or excuse me, people found out about Floyd prior to, like, getting uh, his dates with Zab Judah and Carlos Baldemir. You know, he was already a hated guy back then, you know, but that was all from HBO. They can't expect these, you know, to bring in these young fighters and putting them on pay-per-view when they don't need, they don't have that type of, that, that type of billing yet, man, so... I'm curious as to HBO's immediate plans because, like I mentioned just before, uh, Bob Arum is meeting with Showtime. I mean, this has been confirmed by uh, Steven Espinoza, and there were talks about it from before because Bob Arum was talking about HBO's issues with their budget, like, even last year. 
And I remember hearing about that. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting. So, you know, skip over a year, man, and you look at the PVC and you look at some of the fights that have aired on free TV that we've been able to see, Thurman versus Porter. Um, you know, the, the Frampton and Gonzaga, Santa Cruz fight, that was on Showtime, but again, that's on Showtime. And, and at this point, man, if, if Bob is able to take his ship over to Showtime, that just adds a bigger dent to HBO because, uh, you know, Bud Crawford, you know, Terrence Crawford is one of the biggest names as far as up-and-coming fighters that we think is going to be a future star. And if he ends up landing on Showtime, man, that is not a good look for HBO because, you know, they're hanging on a string with two guys that we want to see fight with Triple G and Golovkin, and one of them is going to get taken out, <laughs> you know, inevitably. You know, that you, can't, you can't let that ship um, – sail too long so you know we'll um you know i guess we'll have to see what happens uh as far as that is concerned but you know i'm waiting for Ryder die to get on the line real quick but um i think yo look at that <laughs> right on time my man rod what is popping man no this is cold train man what's good oh, what's good Roberto? Cold train. yo 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 cold train yeah. back in the house man what's popping man Oh man, you you already know, man. Yo, I already know what's popping. Today, man, that is hilarious, yo. That is hilarious. It's like yeah. you know, for, for the whole crew and everything. But um, just yeah, I'm just recapping. Uh, you know, before you know, we I, we kind of get into the fights this weekend. They okay. had the official press conference with Andre Ward, Sergey Kovalev. It's officially popping off November nineteenth at the T-Mobile Arena, intense stare down. You know, it's kind of reality is setting in that, you know, this is, this is high stakes, man. You know, and, and it's funny, it's taking place in Vegas, and, you know, that's where it's you know, high drive stakes. From Oakland to Los, uh, eight hour drive, I've already, I Google mapped it, from Oakland to uh, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. So it's, it's, it's on and popping. And, so the Vegas being and, the building, that's for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. And and look, man, this is this is uh, if anything for us, man. I mean, look, we could talk about whether or not this fight's going to be successful or not. I mean, I think for the boxing fan, right, this is a, this is a gift for us, right? You no know, doubt. I mean, I mean, this is what we want. These are two of the best in the world. We're gonna find out who the best in the world is, you know, and it, it's uh. It's one of these fights, too, like I was saying, like you're not going to see trash talking between both of these guys. You could see there's a mutual, mutual respect for one another. They know um, each other's games are like things that they got to take very serious going into this fight. I think any trash talking is maybe going to come from the trainers, as what it usually comes down to. Oh, you um, got to believe it. Well, well you know, uh, the, the OG ain't going to bite his tongue, and John David Jackson has proven as a recent that he'll do all the talking for uh, Kovalov. So, right, it's right. definitely going down <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, um, so one thing I mentioned, too, before you got on the line, man, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of screams over to uh, HBO's recent woes as it relates to their budget, man. Uh, we are not getting Curtis Stevens and David Lemieux in October, which is a fight that, uh, you know, many of us thought was going to be an action-packed fight, as ROD would probably term an anti-science fight. <laughs> uh, but, ob- but regardless, an exciting toe-to-toe battle that was scrapped due to the budgeting over at HBO, man. So it's yeah, 
you know, I'm looking at the landscape, and I, and I was mentioning, you know, when you, when you look at Triple G, uh, and, and Canelo Alvarez, uh-huh. Chocolatito Gonzalez, and 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 before I mentioned Bud Terrence Crawford, you know, there's this talk about Aaron. He wants to go over to Showtime now because he's kind of <laughs> fed up with HBO, right? Right, right. But right. Um, it's yeah, man. Like I, I feel like it's looking like at one point, man. Like you know, in even in our even at, uh, us being teenagers, right? You know, not giving away our age or anything, but like we remember HBO always being the pinnacle of boxing. Oh no, you know, it, far, it was they, HBO boxing was the, the pinnacle, as you said. Yeah, and, and now Fuka. it's Fuka. You just you just you yeah, kind of just look at um you look at the the landscape now, man, and and you know I was somebody that was critical of the PBC, but you know you got a fight like Thurman and Porter on free TV, and you get a fight like Crawford and Postle ends up on HBO pay per view, man. You know you start to really think is the paradigm changing. You know, are are things now? Are we like living in an era where we're going to start to see major changes as far as who becomes the top dog in viewership as it relates to boxing, man? Because regardless of what people say about the whole Errol Spence thing, six million people watching that fight, regardless if it was during the Olympics, man, is still something to be said. That that people that stayed and watched no, the fight. That's, that's all you just said. It's like, you know, we talked about the Earl Spence thing later on. I don't want to get sidetracked. But, you know, Earl Spence, we'll get that in a second. But as far as HBO goes, they were the pinnacle. Showtime was the little brother. We said laugh and mock their yeah. uh, cameras. Like, they had, like, they just, like, for the last five years, got updated cameras. Like, we would joke and laugh, like, and, and how they were using HP cameras. But really, are they even using HD over there? Like, it was, like, <laughs> laughable. They was like the little brothers. And it's just yeah. ironic, you know, fully made the move. Golden Boy originally made the move, and then they moved back. You know, everybody was ripping. You know, not everybody, but Bob, you know, tried to rip Floyd, you know, for going over there and asking those guys. And, and, you know, look how things come full circle. You know, the writing was on a wall a long time ago because you remember Floyd was the first one to jump shit, you know. Um, yeah. They basically told Floyd, like, see you, go. You know, they couldn't, or, they, or maybe they just couldn't afford them. Maybe the writing was on a wall back then you know, as far as the budget is concerned. So, you know, it's just it's just interesting to just to see what happens next, you know, as far as, like, the direction that the, the networks are going to go in. You know, but on the flip side, you know, I mean, granted, you know, Showtime, but, you know, you got to factor in the, CB, the PBS cards. You know, a lot of them have been on CBS, which is the parent company, the Showtime, so it's technically the same thing. But a lot of these fights, like the, 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 the uh, uh, Thurman Porter, um, Broner's Porter. These would have all been on premium, you know, on cable, you know, years ago. Right. So it is going to be interesting. I mean, you know, but back in the day, Fikes was on ABC, NBC, you know, CBS, and regular USA, you know, just regular uh, TV. So, you know, everything goes in cycles, I suppose. But, it, but it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. But like you said, man, Postal – Crawford should have never been like you know that's another fight a uh, fight fan fight that we were deprived of seeing. You know, I mean, yeah. I had to watch it, you know, on um on YouTube for, for while I was up for a couple of hours, and then it got pulled down. You know, I don't know if it's still up there, but 
a lot of it didn't end up coming on HBO months later. I'm just here. Yeah, it came on HBO. So that type of stuff there hurts the sport. As far as war and Kovalov go, as far as the promotion goes for that sport, I mean, that's just keep it 100. Like, that fight's not going to tell well. You know what I mean? It's, right. It, it is what it is. It's on pay-per-view. Neither one of those guys are big enough stars where it's going to warrant a bunch of people buying it. And, Grant, it may, what, what are you looking at, about 350, 4th? Maybe I, I mean I want to be I want to be optimistic and like yeah. say that like it's, if 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 it does anything in the three and the fours that's what I thought was a good night I'll I be, that would be I'll a good be, night. I yeah. think it'll be a good okay night. so yeah. we're on the same page yeah so I'm saying anything three and four I think is a good night you know me personally but yeah. I mean it's it, it just boxing man and you know in war you know by the way he looks a lot older now. <laughs> You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, it, from when he first came on, you know, he had like kind of a baby face. You know, I was looking at that picture. He looks older now. You know what I mean? You know, he, I mean, he's not an old guy. He's only in like in his early 30s, but I was just, just looking at him. He looked older. But like you said, man, at the end of the day, you know, I'm glad that the fight's happening. And, you know, Ward didn't have to step up to take this fight, you know. You know, he makes, he's not making Floyd-type money, but he's making more money than most people that go to work every day to fight in Oakland and just pretty much fighting catch weights and whoever he wants, you know. So props to him and props to Kovalov for, for these two guys stepping up, making the fight. Ultimate professionals, both of them. And, you know, I think I think it's, you know, it's going to be a good fight. I can't wait to watch it. I'm not missing this fight for the world. Like, I yeah, already, I'm like, scan my <laughs> schedule. You know how this stuff goes, man. You got to, like, yeah, man. like, being an adult means, like, you got to have a Google calendar, like, always on deck to see what's going on, you know what I mean? <laughs> like my whole life is like ran by my Google calendar, so you know, because you gotta, you gotta, you can't miss these fights. Like I'm so happy this fight this Saturday is on that five. Like people complaining, me personally, it actually works out better for me that it's on at five thirty. So I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know the beauty, the the beauty about the fight this weekend too, though, is it's like you know if you miss it during the day, you can catch it at night because right. I might. I might, might do it, you might do it during back. the day. Okay. Yeah, I might miss it during the day. I'll catch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Then I'm paying attention and, you know. Because <laughs> yeah. the phone is dangerous. Like, I never forget, right? It is. I try not to watch. I forget what fight. And the most strangest place online had the result for the fight. I was <laughs> I was so, you know, I was reading an article about something non-sports related. Somebody wrote in the comments, like, oh, snap. Such and such loss. Like I forget, it was like an upset, but I forget what fight it was. It, it was the guy in review. Got to be careful with that because it it goes it down. Was, huh. It was the Antarctica review. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hello. Shout out to R. What up, man? What's up, homie? <laughs> so sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's all. I was like, wait a second. I heard a, a, a difference of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. Yo, so, um, well, now that we got our OD here in the building, man, uh, we got a lot of boxing to cover tonight, man. Uh, obviously, a fight, we I, we figured it was going to happen again because of how the first one ended. Uh, we're going to see on Spike TV uh, this Friday. Uh, but before I get to that, we're going to see uh, the undercard, uh, one of Broner's fighters, uh, Robert Easter. Is fighting for the the vacant IBF lightweight title against Richard Kami. Now, Easter 
I remember seeing, I forgot what card he was on. That I, that I liked what I saw from him. You know, um, but I mean, I haven't seen much of uh, Kami before, but they're, uh, you know, this, he's going for a, a you know, world title. Uh, and the IBF is seeming to have, like, have it, they're, like, they're, they're, they're <laughs> their name has been, like, kind of at the forefront. If you think of, like, all the fights that they've been a part of, I mean, you think of, like, the Triple G, Brook fight. And then now, you know, now the whole situation with Spence and then, you know, me and me, ROD, were, were chiming in about the whole, that whole situation. We'll talk about that in a minute, but, um, you know, that's going to take place, uh, the undercard of, uh, Jacobs versus Mora. But yeah, so Danny Jacobs is one of these guys that we forget, man, how long, I mean, now, granted, Danny Jacobs, he, he, bat, you know, he, he battled cancer overcame and since then i don't know how I, I i forgot how long it's been since like he's been actively like fighting again but this fight is for again the regular wba middleweight title <laughs> and you know i every most people expect danny jacobs to win this fight but what at what point i, I mean are we at a point with danny jacobs where we we kind of accept like this is what we're. This is the Danny Jacobs we're gonna see. As far as like, this, this is the best Danny Jacobs we're gonna get. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, when this is right down. When you think about Danny Jacobs, um, <clears throat> I don't want to. First of all, this just show, let's go back. Let's put the car in reverse real fast. And this is what Coach and I talked about. This is shows you the sad state of affairs in that division, where you just have people, man, that are there that are not fighting the people, and we'll get into who those people are, they're not fighting those other people, man. Like, that we're now we're putting the car in reverse, and, we're, and we are having a part two to a movie that really needed no sequel, you know? <laughs> so now we're, we're back in, the, you know, Snakes on the Plane again, part two, and it's like, well, we, we were cool with part one. Leave it alone. So with Danny Jacobs as a fighter, I think... You know, the Peter Quillen outing was a great outing. How do we build on that? Well, we build on that by going back to Sergio Moore again. So that really doesn't really tell us anything. And I think if he keeps fighting these mediocre fights like this, we'll never know if Danny Jacobs will reach his full potential. You know, great story. You know, I'm very happy for, you know, shout out to all the cancer survivors and the people that are battling, you know, you know our prayers to you guys. And, and you know, he's a success story of what, you know, guy can really do, man. But at the end of the day, what what you really get angry about is, you know, he's overcome these obstacles. He's beaten the Peter Quillins. He's beaten cancer. You know, he had a great fight with Sergio Moore the first time, which is kind of pretty good. Now you go back to fight him again. It's like his career is in reverse. So I don't think we're going to know what we're going to get from Danny Jacobs as long as he keeps fighting these mediocre fights, you know, and, um, I won't get into, obviously, we'll get into who he should have fought later down the line because I have a problem with that person, too, as you know, Roberto. But we'll never know. To answer your question, we'll never know if, you know, Danny Jacobs will reach his full potential if he keeps fighting in reverse. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's it's kind of a situation with him and where, yeah, I mean, he beats Mora, like, where do you go from there? <laughs> you know, because at, at that point, 
let's just say, you know, Triple G is available for December. Like, we know he's not going to target that. So it's like you look at the landscape, man, and, and, and even if you start thinking, you know, he can't fight Lemieux because of Golden Boy and all this stuff, like he's not leaving a lot of room for the upper echelon fights, man. I mean, what, I guess you can fight Willie Monroe, you know, or, or well, Gabe's fighting him, or he could fight, you know, the winner of that. But, th- again, it's like that's same level, no disrespect, but it's like that's not that much bigger of a fight than Sergio Mora, you know, as far as, like, taking that next step up. So, I mean, I think Danny Jacobs has to have, like, I mean, even if he has a knockout win, I mean, because look at the Peter Quillen fight. He knocks him out, right? But, like, that, that launched him into the Mora fight, right? Like, it's, I don't see, like, there, there's, there's kind of like a plateau, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like R.O.D. kind of mentioned it, where it's like, you know, what next? You know, so, I mean, I don't know, that's, that's uh, Friday night on Spike. So, anybody's not out, you got a little doubleheader over there. Or I think there's like three fights on the card, but, um, you know, look for the doubleheader. So, over at HBO, we have, um, we obviously have Kel Brook and, and Gennady Golovkin, which we'll talk about, but uh, I wanted to talk real quick, uh, or I wanted to talk before, the the card that's taking place that night, uh, which is a fight we haven't really talked about between the, the crew, but this could this is an interesting fight, man. But the undercard of that fight, <laughs> a rematch uh, in a fight that I think is going to end in a knockout or a stoppage, Yoshihiro Kagami or Kamagai and Jesus Sotokaras. Um, did you guys see the first fight? You know what's funny? I, I'm, I'm thinking I did. I think I did. That was like one of the fight of the year. One of yeah, it was like candidate. Yeah, yeah, it was like a candidate for fight of the year. Fight yeah, of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was a very good fight, man. That was a very, very good fight. I, re- I do remember it. Yep. Yeah, and Carlos is Carlos is a tough dude. I mean, we saw he 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 hurt Thurman, you know, a couple of years ago, and. He's always a tough guy, you know what I'm saying? And you and he he has a win over Andre Berto, you know, when he he did the he you know Berto hit he got hit with the the little um, kind of like launched him off his feet a little bit. But that that fight is that might be a crazy fight, man, because um, you know some people dispute the outcome or whatever, but I think. Um, that I mean, that fight could that fight could be really crazy, man. I mean, if you for for people like I said, like we I forgot what fight we mentioned before. Uh, oh, Curtis Stevens and and David Lemieux like to you know to 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 quote you know Rod anti science fight. This is an anti science fight <laughs> where it's just going to be dudes swinging for the fences and you know. <laughs> Car- Carlos said the, the, you know, but Car- Carlos he he could apply some boxing, but like. He's a fighter, man. So the the, the main event, though, uh, again, I mean, we, we, we talk about fights or we talk about fighters that uh, not only go up in weight, as we're going to see uh, Chocolatito Gonzalez, but Carlos Quadras, uh, you know, some people would say he's in the top 115-pounder, maybe number two next to the Japanese monster. And 
you know that that that's you know that's something that you know for for a fighter like you know Gonzalez who I think was having issues making weight because I I think I told you guys like he was I forgot where he was but he like had a weight like 135 pounds man like he looked a little chubby I'm like man like he, he I know he's got trouble making 112 so now he's at 115 uh, Quadras is a bigger guy um, overall man. Uh, very very skilled guy, not the biggest puncher, but again, going up in weight, things tend to change a little bit. So, uh, this man, this this is a really interesting fight, man. I, I think Quadras is the type of guy that he's gonna be there. He's been talking a lot of trash too to Chocolatito. I don't know if you saw like one of the final press conferences he brought to you. Shutting the, the chocolate milk and was like drinking and like calling ah like chocolatito milk and everything. I was like, oh man, like and chocolatito was kind of saying like, hey man, you know, keep talking your keep talking your itch and you know we'll, we'll see what happens uh, Saturday night. So I'm really looking forward to this fight, man. I mean, I think as far as any recent uh, chocolatito fights, I mean, considering this is for the WBC Junior Bantamweight title, another title potentially added to Roman Gonzalez. And, I mean, you talk about pound-for-pound status and even borderline all-time great statuses, man. I mean, it's hard to argue in a win, man. I mean, you got to put Gonzalez up there, man. I mean, we're we're talking Ward Ward and and Sergey Kovalev for the pound-for-pound status. But, you know, like we get kind of lost with with, with Chocolatito, too, where where we, we think about, like, he won titles at, like, 108. I don't know. I'm sorry. No, no. I was gonna say I don't know if people remember, man. But you know, I don't. I don't want to cut your, you know, cut your wisdom off. But I don't know if people remember. But you know, we did our pound for pound list in the in the fall fourth quarter yeah, yeah. last year. You know, he was at the top, and I'll never forget, man. People were sitting here. I put him at the top, and people were looking at me. Remember, without 49 and no, and people were like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, what do you mean? Are you kidding me? Have you seen this guy? Like, just because people are south of the border, and I'm not talking about logistically, I'm talking about weight wise. Weight wise, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, this guy, you you guys are talking about 49 and 0. This guy's four fights away from that. Have you seen right. him? Right. Yeah, yeah. People and they're like, that. And they're like, they're like, no, but how is he up there? And I'm like, okay, like this guy could fight, man. Like he he ain't no joke. Are you are you familiar yeah. with you know the Nicaraguan history, like? Of the, of the lineage? Are you familiar with the great Alexis Arguello? Yeah. Are you right. are you familiar with all this? But anyway, I, I di- you know I, I digress because this fight has a lot of meaning, and um, you know he's moving up in weight too. But I I say that to say when you were just talking about that, I wanted to chime in before you went there because again, you know, putting that that proverbial car in reverse, we we take that time machine back to the fourth quarter last year, and I was you know we were sitting there we had these pound for pound lists. And we was all pulling out our names, and I pulled out his name, and I'll never forget, you know, we were getting slack on the board. Like, how is he up there? And I'm like, what do you mean, how is he up there? This guy is good. That's why he's up there. And I think they got to see him. You know, they got to see the so-called unicorn on HBO that time. Um, I think he fought after that. And he was like, you know what? He is pretty good. And I think they're going to be in for a treat this time as well because he's not fighting no slouch. And he's moving up in weight. But go ahead. Right. No, no, you're right. I mean, you hit the you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's fighting a guy that is by no slouch by any means, 
is a bigger guy and is like one of the top two in the division. You know, it's not like he he's moving up in weight, Chocolatito, and he's fighting like the number ten guy. You know, to kind of ease his way in, like some other guys have. You know, in in, in upper weight classes. You know, he's going straight for the number, arguably the number one, number two guy. You know, and and I think it speaks a lot for Chocolatito. But, I mean, I think the fight itself is going to be really, really good, man. I mean, and even, like, to pick a winner, man, like, I, I, I favor I favor Chocolatito just because he is that good, but don't sleep on this guy, man. And, I, and, and you know, you guys, if you guys haven't seen Carlos Squad just fight, just go on YouTube and you can see his fights. I mean, this is not going to be um, – this is not going to be an easy night for Roman Gonzalez, which, I mean, with him getting a win – just shows you how good this guy is, man. So I'm really, really looking forward to that fight. What, what do you? Uh, I mean, are you you picking uh, you picking Chocolatito too? Yeah, I mean, he's a safe bet. I mean, you know, yeah. again, um, you know, when you think about, you know, Nicaragua, and you think about Alexis Arguello, and you know, just the people that uh, you know came out of there, man, and. You know how he's fighting a guy now who's moving up in weight. He's fighting a guy that's 35 and 0 and 27 knockouts himself, man. And you know what this fight right. means, right. man. This to me, and it, and you're gonna laugh. This has main event caliber written all over it. Um, I personally believe that Gonzalez, without uh, let me let me say I personally believe that Gonzalez has enough, you know, skill and savvy to weather the storm and to you know win a majority decision against this guy. Um, I can see that he's gonna probably have some rough spots, but you know you don't get. I mean that pound for pound list is is kind of subjective. You know, is that you 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 can. Yeah, right. You know, you can put people up there and, and down at any point in time, but at the end of the day, man, this guy, this little guy can really fight, man. And I think if you're disappointed and don't like the way he fights, you'll be more happy with the way the fight goes on Saturday. It, it It's going to be a great fight. So um, either way, I think they're in for a treat. But my pick is going to be Gonzalez, just based off of skill, savvy, IQ, um, from what I've seen, you know, over him and, and um, over um, uh, Carlos uh, um, Cadrages. And, um, it, it, you know, I'm kicking myself because I know that, you know, Carlos hits really, really hard too, man. But I just don't – it's just uh, – It's a tough that. fight, man. That's the thing. It's a, it's a tough fight. But I think at the same time, man, like, again, it, 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 it speaks a lot – of Chocolatito, man, because look, he, you know, we forget, like you, you, I mean, you had mentioned it, like we, we put him at number one, but he was at the, the, whatever the lowest, what's the, like the lowest weight, is it straw weight? I think, I like that, you. okay, he went from there to light flyweight, I think to flyweight, then to super flyweight, and now he's going on, and I think he's going to another weight class now, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so he's going. So, so yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, he, this is a tough fight, man. For anybody who hasn't seen Carlos Quadras fight, like, just go on YouTube, search some of his fights. I mean, this is 
when I heard that they were making this fight, I was like, yo. You know, because I didn't even, he, I don't even remember them mentioning him, Quadros, as, a, as an option. They were mentioning the Japanese monster and everything, but, like, I knew that wasn't going to happen yet. But I was like, who can they put him, put him in there with? And then, like, boom. I was like, wow. Okay. So that's going to be a hell of a fight, man. And, and I think I think we got my man Bo on the line. You, you there, Bo? Yeah, I was I was listening because I was I like listening to what you guys be saying. But yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, no doubt, man, no doubt. Welcome to the show, man. Um, you uh, know, it's it, yeah. I mean, we're just talking about the you know the the Chocolatito and, and Quadras fight, and it, it's hey, funny, uh, man. Hey, I mean, Roberto, one other thing I wanted to add. What's up, Bo? By the way, um, the one other thing I want to add too is that you know the great thing about I know I'm always like trashing this newer generation about YouTube and Facebook, you know, because we're like 90s and whatnot. But at the end of the day, if you got, if we would just take a moment and and YouTube some of uh, Kadra's fights, man, you want to see, man, this whole dude is explosive, man. He's not no, to be played I'm with, man. You, man. That's, He's not to be not, played yep. with, man. And I'm telling you, you if you really appreciate boxing, You'll see why I put Chocolito, you know, last year, some people thought it was prematurely at number one. This fight is, I'm telling you, I'm kicking myself. This fight is going to be a good fight. It's almost to the point, I'm going to be honest, I kind of wish this fight, ooh, I kind of wish this fight was, you know, kind of like before the Kell Brook fight. You know, it, it, you know, you got to wait till you know, later on that night. I kind of wish it, but then you, you're kind of happy too because it's really you know the what? main event. If you think about it, like I it's the main it's event. The... <laughs> it's the main event, and if you if you guys like if people here like good boxing matches, they want to see some competitive. You know, turn this fight on. Forget about the names. Turn this fight on. You 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 won't be you will not be disappointed because I'm sitting here and I'm kicking myself because I said majority decision. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm like, dang! I just go back and forth in my head. I don't, I don't know what you thinking, Bo. Well, first as always, man, thank y'all for having me on. I love what you guys do, what you talk about. Uh, we actually talked about this fight uh, some time ago, and I talked about it. Listen, this for for the oh, oh yeah, by the way, I think the the lowest weight is the minimum weight. But this is his fourth weight class. Yeah. I think he's going up, which is uh, Gonzalez. Here's right. the thing: the the lower weight division don't get enough attention to begin with. Like, you go. to me, this fight should be promoted like it's a pay per view, even though it's on regular television. It's that type of a fight because um, uh, uh, Gonzalez didn't look good in his last fight against uh, uh, McWilliams Arroyo. Okay, and. Quadras, although he is skilled, sometimes he throws his punches just kind of wild a little bit. Like his punches are not wild, wide. I'm sorry. He throws his punches kind of wide. So you have two guys that are skilled. Quadras has the power, but Roman Gonzalez has the pressure. So something's got to give, and it's one of those fights, like, like, like you were saying, that, man, when you sit and you really think about it, from, from, from a boxing tourist aspect, this is the perfect kind of fight that you would want to see that could bring so much attention to the lower weight division because, mm-hmm. because the, winner, the winner of this fight is supposed to be fighting Anoy. That's, That's what I'm saying. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the ramifications of this fight, because regardless of who wins this fight and, and what fashion they win it, well, then we know the next fight against Annoying is going to be even bigger. So these fights have, you know, big-time promotion, big-time uh, uh, consequences to them. And it's hard. Like, for me, I'm, going, I'm only going with, and I'm, I'm probably wrong here, I'm going with Quadras, and the only reason why I'm going with Quadras is because Chocolatito seems to be slowing down a little bit. He didn't look that great against Arroyo. And uh, Quadras seemed to be somewhat of a, a, on a tear. But in boxing, you know how many times in boxing we've seen a guy not look good one fight but then get in that big fight when the lights is on and just blow you away. So right. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it so time, you know, so many times, you know, in boxing. You know, Evander Holyfield, you know, looked like he couldn't make it off the stool. Then he came back and knocked out Mike Tyson, you know. Uh, we've seen it so many times in boxing where a guy don't look that great. But to me, great fighters, and if Chocolatito is a great fighter, great fighters, they show up in great moments. And if Chocolatito yeah. shows up and he wins this fight, then there's, there's no question. You, you, you have to look at him, and he, he'll forever be consideration. Like, like you said, the, the pound for pound list is always subjective. You know, it goes back and forth. But – there's no way you cannot mention at least top three and not have Chocolatito in there if he wins and, this fight. Because, and, and, yep. Yeah, yep. because he's going up four weight classes. And that's the thing I like about the low weight division is it's only three or four pounds between the next division. And these dudes fight each other. They don't wait two, three years. They fight each other. Like, where else will we see? A guy moving up to fight another champion like this, except in a smaller division like that. But that's what I was, but, that's but what I was saying. That, but then on top of that, what you got to remember too, and 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 it goes back to what we was what we was building on. Uh, Bo is the fact that now you got a situation where you know we 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 like forty nine and zero, but here's a guy man that's 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 creeping right on it, and he ain't getting no publicity. He he steadily. Yeah. This fight has so much significance to it. He will be 47-0, I believe, after this fight. He will not only be a pound-for-pound. Pound. Remember, everybody threw him in there. was like, who's this guy? You go to Ring Magazine, everybody's like, who's this guy? And no one is talking about him. He has, if he wins this fight, which would be significant, it would be his fourth weight class, right, Roberto, his fourth belt? Yep. yep. Cool. And on top of that, he'd be 47-0, which means he could fight three duds and tie the record. Yes. Or break the record. Yes. I'm sorry. Three yes, guns. No, he's a, he can fight me, you, and Coltrane. He can fight, all, he can fight basically all three of us. And, and, and he would tie that record. He would break the record. So this fight has, a, like you said, a lot of significance. And it's crazy that this fight, it literally, I will never forget this. When, when this fight was announced, Roberto was like spamming the thread. Mm-hmm. All right. yeah. and, and it was crazy because I was just sitting here, man, like, yo, man, like, I hope Roberto okay. Like, I hope, I hope his job is good, man, because he hit me with these threads, man, and, like, I wonder what he's doing during the day. So I'm like, all right, cool. But then when you do your research, you're like, oh, crap, like, Roberto ain't lying, man. Like, this thing is legit right here. So now I want everybody to – I know everybody's kind of like how I was when Roberto was sitting in Texas, but – those texts, but I want you to please do your research, man. This thing has main event all over it, and it has significance because 
you know, we talk about someone is we talk about people moving up weight class. This guy is being his fourth weight class, fourth belt, and he'd be close to breaking that record, you know, sooner than we think, man. You know, and um, like you said, Bo, them divisions down south, they don't get, <clears throat> you know, a lot of publicity, man. And and you know, HBO. The last time we fought HBO was this coming up party, and this fight, man. I'm telling you, man, unless. It turns out to be a snoozer because I thought Broner and Porter was going to be great. You know, if it turns out to be a snoozer like that, then, you know, we're just one-sided. But still, it still has enough significance where we could say, yo, this is a this is a great, great, a great story, man. This guy is 47 to know, you know, he'll have another belt, and, you know, that should be the, the topic of, of, of Saturday in my opinion. But go ahead. I digress. Uh, but you, but also, you also you have to look at this. This fight has a throwback feel to it because you're talking about uh, a guy who's dominating weight divisions fighting against a dominant champion of his weight division. Yeah. You know? So you're talking about Chocolatito who, who's dominating his weight division and Quadras who has dominated his division. So it has that old school feel to it, you know, where you got, hey, these two guys want to get it on. And I... I mean, how can you not want to see something like? I, I don't understand. How can you not? This is a, this this is a dude a who's a puncher. Fight. Yeah, a dude who's a puncher versus a guy that's gonna bring it. How could you not yeah. want to see something like that, man? You know, as a boxing fan. But yeah, stylistically, you, this can't be a boring fight at all, man. There's no way this can be a boring fight. Like it can't. Like it, it just has the recipe for look. This could, yo, man. This could be like a three rounder, man. <laughs> like it's that type of fight, you know, and um. Like, before we get to the main event, like, obviously, get, you know, research Quadras. But on top of that, for people who haven't seen, like, some of the newer fans who haven't seen, like, some of the older fights, like, from the lower divisions, look up Michael Carbajal and Chiquita Gonzalez. Look up that trilogy. And you look yep. at what we think what could be this Saturday night is a fight like that. And... Again, like the, the lower weight classes get slept on, man. But uh, for anybody that has HBO or any way to watch this fight, definitely, definitely watch this fight. And I, I can't, I can't think that you 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 will be disappointed. I, I doubt you will. <laughs> but um, I, we got a, a middleweight title fight. <laughs> I think the WBC, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is sanctioning this fight because the WBA apparently isn't in the fear of Kell Brook. <laughs> We're having a Triple G versus Kell Brook this Saturday, I believe 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you know, it's obviously taking place in the U.K. at the O2 Arena, and it's Kell Brook leaping. Uh, and this has been a trend uh, this year in boxing with, um, you know, fighters like Amir Khan going up two weight classes, and now we got Kell Brook doing the same. And, uh, you know, when this fight was announced, again, it was almost like the Khan-Canelo fight. When I hit up the crew, I'll go, yo, Triple G and Kell Brook are fighting. R.O.D. is like, you lying. Coltrane's like, no. I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> and... We all know the story as far as, uh, you know, the Eubanks and then that whole fiasco is concerned. So <clears throat> there's been everything from weight, what, what weight both Triple, Triple G 
and Kell Brook have been leading up to this fight, you know, with Kell Brook being around like 176 and Triple G only like 165 or like 30 days out. And uh, we've seen, I mean, I saw Kell Brook at the, the open workout. He does look big. You know, he looks like, uh, I mean, he's, he was always a big welterweight, but I mean, he looks like, a, he looks very stocky right now. And with Triple G, he pretty much looks, you know, looks the same. So I'll, uh, ROD, like, what do you, what do you, what do you see coming out of this fight as far as, um, well, number one, how do you see the fight playing out? And like, what do you, what do you see as far as, cause I'll say with Kel, with, with Kel Brook, because he's kind of the odd person in this situation, being elite two weight classes and his future is really dependent on what happens of this fight, but it's almost, is it, I mean, he already kind of said like he's not going back to welterweight and I'll let you take it away with that. But, um, how do you see this fight playing out? So, <clears throat> to uh, to my brother Roberto's point, when he did announce that that Khan Kanoa fight, I really was like that. He did, he's not making it up. I was like, you got to be freaking kidding me! And when he sent me this, I said, you got to be freaking kidding me! <laughs> and the reason why I'm saying this, you know, and I'll put this before my prediction is because, um, again, you know, there's three reasons why this fight makes me angry. One is because, and I know I'm going to get heat for it, but who cares? You know, Canelo, we killed Canelo for Khan. And I still think we should be killing Triple G for doing almost the same thing, if not. You know, we look at, we always talk about, oh, at least Khan had balls or, you know, um, you know, Kel Brook got balls. And it's like, shame on you, man, for just, for, you know, for, for you two guys not, not making it happen. And I know, like, Canelo has his problems with Triple G and not want to fight him. And then I still go on record as, well, Triple G had an Andre Ward problem as well. If we're all going to be talking about this move up, weight thing and you know all this other stuff man that's here and there if you're a middleweight you should be fighting middleweight um the second beef i have with it is on record and i said this before this is triple g's hardest opponent he's a welterweight like think about it regardless of what you think the outcome is if you look at his resume this is his hardest opponent to date all right, forget the Willie Monroe's and all that. We can go back and forth about that. This is the hardest opponent to date. It's a welterweight that's moving up. And the the third thing, man, um, that I'm really angry about is I know I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I know I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I know I'm going to watch it, man. I'm just a jokey. I know I'm going to watch it. And I know the, I know the outcome to this story. The outcome to the story is this. Kell Brook is going to look good for a couple of rounds, okay? Triple G might even carry him, not physically, but carry the fight, sort of like how Bernard did Oscar. Like, you know, Oscar was really winning that fight, but Bernard was really, like, kind of carrying him a little bit. 
And, you know, he's going to turn it on after a while. And he's going to turn it on, and he's going to make it feel like you don't belong in this water. Like, you, you, you know, you've been kind of swimming in this lake a little bit, but now you're in the ocean, and it ain't safe out here, dog. There's a whole bunch of stuff out here. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to see Kel Brook, man. You know, he's he's going to really and truthfully, you know, put up a valiant effort. But eventually, man, his night's going to end. And I believe in a TKO, TKO like around the seventh round. Um, I just, I know we don't say the size. It's all about the skill. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's not about the size. But, you know, boxing is a hurtful sport. And unless you really have Boy Jones like reflexes where you can move up and when you gain weight, you know, it, you, you carry that athletic ability or, you know, sort of like a Mayweather or, or, or people of that caliber. You know, I, I, I know that Kell Brook is special, you know, no pun intended. Um, but how special is he to, to fight a full like Triple G and, and, and to come out with a victory on Saturday with those odds and from what I see in training, I think it's highly unlikely. So I, I'm going to go and say that, you know, I, I'll be rooting for him, but I, I believe that um, after a couple of rounds of Triple G really carrying him and Kelbrook having some success, I think he starts to really feel like what it feels to be in there with a middleweight killer, and he succumbs in the seventh round, TKO. Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of it's one of those situations, man, where you want to give um, you want to you want to look for things that Brooke can do, but one of the constants that we've said on the show, shot to Coltrane and myself, man, like there's weight classes for reasons, man, and I think with Kel Brook, I think he's gonna land punches in this fight where. He he may sneak in those little uppercuts. He may sneak in those lead right hands. He you know he may step aside a little bit and and, and give uh, Golovkin a look. But the the one constant thing and and you could go and I made it I made an example. I was talking to somebody today. Um, the t- if you if you want to see the toughest fight Triple G's ever been in, look at the fight he had with Kasimov a few like years ago. And Kasim Uma was doing a lot of the right things, man. He was sidestepping him. He was giving, he was giving him angles. He was pumping the jab. He, 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 he was setting traps up for Triple G. But the thing was, every single time Triple G landed a punch, you saw Uma's face like, damn, damn. And it got to a point where, well, I think it was like the 10th, 8th or 9th or 10th round, it, he just he, he was doing, end of the end of the round. He was like, I can't, I just can't deal with this anymore. And I think with Kel Brook, man, very good boxer. Um, we saw him beat uh, Sean Porter, and, and did, he fought out. Did he fight Devin Alexander too? No, there was, there was a fight three times, but but the fight never happened. Right, exactly. Um, we know how good Brooke is, man. But the problem is, while there have been fighters in the past, whether it's a Henry Armstrong or Roberto Duran or who, who have, who've gone up, or Manny Pacquiao, who've gone up in weight, 
Like, the one constant thing with those guys is they're exceptional fighters. Is Kel Brook an exceptional fighter? We're going to find out. If I'm a betting man, I think I'm with ride or die. I'm like sixth or eighth round TKO stoppage or Triple G because I think he's going to land punches on Triple G. Look, Triple G is not a hard guy to hit. The problem is that he's not... He's not like Antonio Margarito, who just is just a plotter and then just and doesn't there's there's no rhyme to reason. You know, Triple G knows what he's doing in there, and there's certain things that you have to be to have success against Triple G. Um, a, a solid jab, consistency, look, being able to take a punch because he's gonna land on you. You know, and I think that's where the weight class issue is going to become a problem here for Kell Brook. He's going to get hit with shots in this fight, whether they're body punches, whether they're shots through the guard, whether they're uppercuts. And he's going to see what it is to be in there with a middleweight, man, who can crack. <laughs> um, I think he's just, he, like fighters before, he's going to make a valiant effort, but he's going to succumb to the pressure around like anywhere from the sixth to the eighth round. What what do you what do you see going on, bro? Man, look the the thing that you have here is you have a very good middleweight who's probably big to be a middleweight, but he's going up against. I mean, I'm sorry, welterweight who's probably big for a welterweight, but he's going up against the best middleweight of his division. Gennady Golovkin is not just somebody that also hits hard. Gennady Golovkin has skill. And the thing about Gennady Golovkin, like you say, he's, he's not hard to hit. But here's the thing about Golovkin. Once he realizes what you're doing does not affect him, he runs you down. Gennady Golovkin sends this message to everybody that's in here that's in that ring with him. Once he realizes you don't have what it takes to take him, he's going to show you and everybody else you do not belong in this ring with me. And uh, – uh, What's going to happen and with with um, with uh, uh, Kell Brooks is, like everybody else, Kell Brooks is daring to be great. And I'll, I'll give him that. You know what? I'll give him that because, you know, you're doing what nobody else at 160 wants to do. Okay, regardless of how I feel about maybe they could have looked at 154 or whatever, but the bottom line is, uh, and like R.O.D. said, the best person you're fighting is two-way divisions below. Now, I blame Golovkin a little bit, but not all the way, because his, his team made the decision to go with uh, Brooks because once uh, Hearns brought up Brooks, his team said, okay, fine, we'll take it. So, you know, sometimes that happened. But the fact that a welterweight is the best dude you, you fought, it says a lot, not about Golovkin, but it says a lot about, you know, we really have to look at this middleweight division and evaluate what's going on here. And is and because if you guys don't want to fight him, you know, do we pressure uh, Golovkin to either go to 168 or do we pressure these guys to get in ring ring with him? Because beating Kell Brooks to me doesn't really do nothing for Golovkin, and it doesn't hurt Kell Brooks. Now, is this a payday? Yes, it is. It's a payday grab, and I'm not mad. You know, Golovkin's been a pro ten years. He's 34 years old. Okay, you know, if if you can't get the the you know the game changing fight or the the career-defining fight, then you at least might as well go for the money fight. So I'm, I can't really be mad at him for that. But um, 
once Kell Brooks, like you said, tastes that power, Curtis Stevens had the same thing. Okay, I, I remember when Curtis Stevens was on the ground, his eyes was wide open, like, holy crap, what just hit me? Yeah, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know and that's, that's what this is. You, you, you're talking about, like, because uh, I, I, I was in an argument with somebody, and they were trying to say, well, this is like Ward versus Kolev. No, it's not, because Kell Brooks is not Andre Ward in no shape, form, or fashion. No. You know, Kell Brooks is not the mover. He's not the thinker. He's not the skill. He's not, you know, there's a big difference. Kell Brooks is, 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 he's, he's good. But like you said, we never really got to see how good of a welterweight he was because after he beat Sean Porter, you know, he started fighting these, you know, he started fighting these dudes that you just knew wasn't on his level. So we never even got to see the best of Kell Brooks. You know, now if he, um, Will he be great? You, yeah, you have to consider that. But I, I, I don't see it happening. Like, I, and and I, I normally don't do this. I give Kell Brooks a point. I give him a five percent chance to win, and that's just a five percent chance to win only because when you look at Gennady Golovkin, who is a middleweight, who's running through middleweights, who's knocked down or knocked out Sergey Kovalev, you know, who's hurting cruiserweights according to uh, you know his team. But when you even listen to him when he's hitting those gloves, it's not like shotguns, all right? When you see guys getting, like, like I saw Kell Brooks go life or death with that dude. I think his name is Carson Price or something like that. There's a guy that Kell so. Brooks fought. Yeah, it's like Carson yeah. Price. Or yeah, Carson Price. I saw Kell Brooks almost get done in by Carson Price, right? I've never seen a Carson Price almost doing Gennady Golovkin. You see what I'm saying? So it's like I I want all be on this one, man. And I'm, I'm actually it might be early because once you know Gennady once Gennady Golovkin makes realize Kill Brooks don't hardly have nothing for him, man, he's gonna run him down. He's you know he's gonna run him down, and you know I'm I'm looking fifth, maybe sixth round. See, you know the thing that concerns me for Kell Brook is that you know it, it's kind of a catch twenty two because on one end you I mean you look at it and He's getting. I, I think the reason he took this. I mean, it's it's obvious why. Let me say, like he, the reason why he took this fight because it was like a four million dollar payday. Plus, remember in the UK, he's getting pay per view money. You know, unlike here in we're with HBO, it, it's it's not that. You know, over there, he's getting a chunk of that change, and that could equal like another like five six million dollars, like or like you know a total amount. So you're talking about almost a seven million dollar pay payday for Kelvin. Like, like let's just like let, you know in the ballpark figure, right? So it makes sense. The problem that or the, what I'm afraid of is that when when you see these fighters, man, and they get into certain situations or certain things happen in a fight, and they're never the same fighter again, you know. And Triple G is the type of guy that can implement that to him, and you know. And I was making. Examples to somebody today, like when you think of Cotto after that Margarito fight, man, like he was never the same. Whether he he won fights or lost fights, he was just never the same guy, you know. And you look at Pacquiao after the Marquez knockout, he's never the same guy. His approach, everything changed. And I want, I, I hate for that to happen to Kell Brook. I mean, the best case scenario for him in, in a loss is that. He manages to hang in there with Golovkin and, like, takes punches but doesn't um, look like he went through a meat rack. 
you know, uh, and, and come out of that fight, you know, with, with the moral victory that he went 12 rounds, but just like beat up. The best case scenario is if he comes out of the fight, he loses. Um, well, I mean, obviously, if he if he wins, that's the best case scenario. But like in a loss, if he's able to evade enough, still lose, but not get hurt enough, but it's just one of the chances of that, man. And that's again where I, I just don't see where Brooke is going to be able to be that effective for 12 rounds. For a couple of rounds, we've seen guys like Willie Monroe and, 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 and Curtis Stevens and these guys like have like tiny, like tiny bits of success, but 12 rounds is a long time, man. And that's just the whole thing, man, is consistency. And I don't think Brooke is going to be able to withstand man. I the thing I worry about him the most, man, is just what happened. And that's why I mentioned earlier, just his future after this, because it's like he said, he kind of hinted he doesn't want to go back to welterweight. He was like, like killing himself. But then, look what you got at 154. J-Rock, Andrade, Lara, which, look, those might be interesting fights. It's just... This fight could damage Kell Brook, man, depending how things play out, you know. So we'll kind of have to wait and see. I mean, the good thing for us over stateside, we ain't paying that pay-per-view dollar. So, and, um, and, and that, yes. I want to add something. You, 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 uh, this fight will run anybody, if you go back and watch, of the Meldrick Taylor-Chavez fight where Meldrick Taylor was getting the best of him, but the shots that Chavez was landing was so damaging that he finally got Taylor out of there, and he was never the same after that. So even if Brooks has success, it's just the fact that the shots that he can yeah. take, you know, if he takes one shot for five, it's a damaging punch. Yeah, right, right. And that's the thing. And, and, and for Brooks, that's, like, kind of the thing I'm concerned about, man. And, and, and it's why – it always gets reverted back to, like, why, you know, there's weight classes made for, you know, to protect the fighters, man. And they went for the payday, cool, but we'll see if it was really worth it in the end. I mean, we'll see Saturday night. I mean, that's one thing for sure, man. But um, I think, you know, obviously the whole board, you know, the whole crew has, um, has Triple G by stoppage in this fight. But before we wrap up, man, we, we got to end it. And I let ROD take it away. Are you still there? ROD. I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you take it away, man. We're going to wrap up the show. But before we wrap up, um, you know, this is your segment. And, and we got a little doozy this week. And it's funny that Bo got on the line. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, again, we, we find ourselves right back in the scene of the crime where – we have two of boxing's greatest. Um, these what is fights, you know, we always talk about them and the significance. It could be fights that, you know, should have, could have, would have happened. And it could be fights that we're just like, you know what? We're just going to kind of play um, fight night. You pick your favorite fighter, I pick my favorite fighter. Let's just box it out and see what happens. So this situation was, this week, it brings us to a situation where. These guys had common opponents. This is the shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know. And that fight is Sugar Shane Mosley versus um, Felix Trinidad. Um, you know, we talked about the weights. It could be anywhere. You know, we said at 140. It could be 147. It could be 154, although I don't even think that's Shane's weight. But, you know, let's meet 
anywhere along those lines, you know, and you take the base, the best Shea Mosley and the best Felix Trinidad. Now, now a couple of things I'll leave out uh, to kind of spare the details when I when I write the, when we write this and release it to the public and the fans is this. Um, they did have common opponents. You know, obviously, both of them for Hoya. Um And it was some controversy, believe it or not, because a lot of people thought Oscar, you know, might have won a fight against both of them, um, having him having fought uh, Shane Mosley twice. And um, they both fought uh, Fernando Vargas as well. So, um, you know, those are the fights that they have in common. Um, they both fought Mayorga, which is neither here nor there. But when you when you look at it, you know you're talking about somebody that had a dynamite hook, where I can still like remember when he hit, you know, when he hit poor Fernando Vargas, man, you know, in that first round, I thought somebody was throwing dice against the wall. It just sounded so loud the way that that left hook, that left hook landed, man. That's and that's Tito Trinidad. But then you talk about someone, man, and, and Shane Mosley, man. That's relentless. You know, to me, Shane Mosley is what. If I were Shane, if I was Sean Porter, I would model myself after Shane Mosley. You know, because he he could, well, he could have been that type of fighter, man. Just. All heart, no back down, you know, skill. But you know, it was funny, and I don't mean I don't mean this in any way, shape, or form to be harm. Shane Mosley called himself a black Mexican the way he fought. You know, he said, "Man, I get in you. You know, I fight in that pocket. I put pressure on you. I'm a body puncher, man." And he said in the gym they used to call him black Mexican. You know, he's very, very skilled, man. And as you can see throughout his career, man, um, he gave us a show. So. With that being said, this makes the fight more interesting. I'll, I'll set it off and, you know, throw the, uh, the assist to Bo. And you tell me, how do you see this fight going? 12 rounds, Shane Mosley and Felix Trinidad, what if segment. All right, let me say this, man. When I saw this, because Rob was standing this too, all on uh, the net. And when I saw this, that's why I said, I, whatever I do today, I, I – left the job because I had to get on for this. I didn't miss this right here. You said a lot lot of good things. Shane Mosley was very athletic. All right. Uh, One of the issues with Shane Mosley was he never got a chance really to use his reach advantage because the way he fought, he fought kind of crouched down. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he protected his chin very well, but he fought crouched down. So he never, like, stood up tall enough to take advantage of his reach. So he fought, you know, kind of crouched down a little bit. Uh, very fast hand, very fast feet. He had this little jump hook that he also would throw in. All right. Um, Tito Trinidad, like you said, left hook, good foot movement. Um, of course, later on we found out maybe Tito probably uh, couldn't take a punch so well. That was later on in his career we found that out. His reflexes was good. His movement was good. And he was just a beast. At 147, or anyway, I'm picking Felix Trinidad over Shane Mosley. Let me tell you why. The guys that gave Shane Mosley problems were dudes that could jab. 
And Felix Trinidad had a very good jab when he wanted to use it. Felix Trinidad also would use his range. Bernie Force did the same thing to uh, Shane Mosley. He, he used his jab. Felix Trinidad wasn't as quick, but he had good timing. So for everything, and now Shane Mosley, he would, you know, make it interesting because Felix Trinidad, although he had a good jab, every now and then Felix Trinidad, he had trouble with guys that were just, just a little bit more athletic than him because Trinidad is not the mover that Shane Mosley is. But I just think with that jab going, with that right hand coming down, and uh, uh, Mosley being crossed over and, and Felix, you know, you know, moving left and sidestepping and pivoting, I think he could squeak out a decision over Shane Mosley. And, uh, but it's still such a good fight because I can also see Mosley, you know, foot movement probably giving Trinidad some problems. But because I've seen uh, guys with, you know, better jabs give Shane Mosley some issues and some problems, I have to go with Felix in this one. But it's, it's a it's a very good matchup, man. Very good matchup, and I I, I was I was happy that to, to hear this one right here. So yeah, that's I'm going with Felix Trinidad only because he has the better jab and he has the longer reach. And um, I don't think Mosey athleticism because Felix was a little bit athletic too. I don't think Mosey athleticism and speed would be that big of a problem for Felix uh, for Felix Trinidad. Okay, okay, you know we 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 got it there. That's a great analysis, man. And you know, I'm gonna pass it. You know, pass the ball through the alley to Roberto again. You know, this is our this is our expert analysis. You know, we we've been in the trenches. Just so everybody knows, there's a lot of people out here that that try to imitate and do what we do, and we 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 consider it flattery. But one thing about this panel that we we do know before I give it to Roberto is that. The one thing we know is that when you're dealing with cats like Bo, myself, Coltrane, Rob, Docs, Big Mike, Sleep, Corey, I mean, we've basically watched generations, decades of boxing. So we have a barometer to kind of go to when it goes to these fights. It's just not YouTube. Like, we've we've grown up on the Trinidad career. We've grown up. We've seen what his pop smack the bull crap out of him in the corners for not doing what he wanted him to do, and Tito come out pissed off. We seen when he broke Pernell Whitaker's ribs, but we also seen when when Shane Mosley, you know, was coming up, man, and and people was talking about him in Pomona, California. He was this super athlete, man, and everybody talked about this boxer that could play basketball, and the girls loved him because he had the light eyes and the curly hair. But you know, dude could also fight too, man, and, and you know, he grew up with Oscar. So we, we've heard these things. We we read the Vibe magazine article in, in, in the early 2000s and the late 90s that gave him his pub. So, you know, we have a point of reference as we're saying this, man. So, again, you know, I'm going to pass the baton on to, um, to Roberto, man, and see what, what he said and, and how he thought this fight would, would go down. So, go ahead, Roberto. Yeah, this is, it's interesting that this is a fight that, even at 154, it never happened, you know. And obviously, you know, timing is always of the essence. But it's uh, it's kind of a weird dream match. I mean, that of two fighters that kind of fought in the same era. Uh, but when it comes to both of them, man, I think with Shane Mosley, he sometimes is mistakenly tabbed as a boxer. You know, because at 135 and at 140, or particularly 135, I mean, he was, 
he had like demon speed and you know and he can crack at that weight you know and at 147 uh you know he was obviously not as big as um even like Oscar De La Hoya when he fought him and you know and I'm somebody that argues too that like you know I think Oscar might have won that second fight with Mosley Mosley's always been um I mean, it, it, it's crazy, man. Like, he, he he's had his, like, ups and downs. Like, at least up to the point with a Margarito fight where we thought, like, are right, we seen the best of Shane, and then, you know, he just beats the living crap out of him. Um, uh, with Tito, man, the, the thing with Trinidad, he, I mean, people forget, man, he was a big welterweight. He was 5'10", had, like, a 73, 74-inch reach, um, had a nasty left hook that it landed we saw he I mean ROD mentioned um Vargas man I mean it sounded like a cannon went off and that Vargas was like in like a, another dimension and then he got brought back because <laughs> I mean that was just like ridiculous the thing about the, them two fighting is that I don't play the triangle theory too much with Oscar, like being kind of like that middle ground between both of them. But I think their fights would be like, all right, like Tito, obviously Tito and Oscar's fight and Shane and Oscar's fight would be totally different with what these two guys would obviously do in the ring. And I think Shane at that point was able to, um, yeah, I mean, he uses his athleticism. You know, he, he, he can go 12 rounds. Um, but sometimes, man, he kind of gets stuck out there, man, you know, like with his hands down. And I think of the Vernon Forrest fight where Vernon hit a right hand that to this day, man, I think Shane's head might still be in, in that row, like six, seven rows behind. If Tito landed a left hook like that, man, I think it would be bad, yo. And, and I think whether it's a situation where uh, Shane is, is trying to make a fight out of it, Tito, I, I, I think it was um, Bo that said it, had like he had underrated timing, man. And he could time those left hooks and he had a really good jab and, and, and really good balance, too. Like, I mean, that's how he's able to get that hook off, man. I mean, because he was always in position. Um, I think Shane gets dropped in that fight. Um, I think the fight goes 11 rounds, and I think Tito stops Shane late. I think for the style of fight, I think it would be. If, I don't think that would be the right tactic to fight against Tito because that's how Shane fights. You know, like I said, he gets mistaken for a boxer, but he's not really a he's not a boxer. He he he's like what you said, like the like he's like the the, the black Mexican, but it was like. We, he came up with all those guys. That's like stylistically, that's how he came up. Uh, Tito, I think, is uh, he can hit, but I mean, he, I, I think fundamentally he's a little more sound than Shane was. And I think if it came down to both of them going at it, Tito can time him. And I think he'd land shots on Shane that a la Vernon Forrest, he would really feel because Tito's just a big welterweight, man, just like Vernon Forrest was. So I'm going out on a limb and saying, like, he stops Shane, like, in 11 rounds. Yeah, you, you know what? That's a great analysis. I mean, one thing that we know for a fact is that as we're sitting back and we're doing this, 
we we can all say for some reason we all got Felix Trinidad winning, and you know I'm gonna go on and and and, and make it a clean sweep right now and say that you know I have Felix Trinidad winning as well, if not you know um, a technical knockout in the twelfth round, you know a wide unanimous decision with some rough points, and here's the reason why. For all the reasons that you guys stated, when we look at Tito Trinidad, all right, we look at someone who is not just a puncher, but he's very polished, all right? And throughout his career, there was two things that Tito had problems with. What were they? Bigger fighters that could box, all right? If, if you were smaller than Trinidad, that crowd stuff worked a little bit. You know, you trying to get into him, that worked a little bit. But after a while, man, because Tito, what people don't realize, too, is an, a little-known fact. Wasn't Tito a marathon runner? Like, he, he yes, did he was. something. Yes, he was. Yep. Yes, he was. Yep. Yes, he was. He was a marathon runner. So, like, when you talk about that war of attrition and all that stuff, I mean, like, that stuff don't happen. You know, that stuff don't happen like we think. Like, Tito get caught and he just out on his feet or – you know, he just getting worn down. I mean, Bernard was something different. Bernard is a different type of fish, man. Like, you know, you you talking about something different, man, when when you talk about Bernard. You're talking about moving up a couple weight classes, a master scientist, and a dude that just fought every round in that whole fight from externally to internally in that ring to perfection. I mean, it, it would go down as one of the, the best dissections we've ever seen of a killer. You know, and and um, and that's what Bernard did. But again, Bernard being bigger, they just give no excuse. Bernard being bigger, and that's what Trinidad problems are. People that can really box well, they were bigger. Winky Wright, another cat he moved up against. Great boxer, you know, knew how to fight. You know, gave gave Trinidad trouble. And and Roy Jones just fight just goes without saying. That was just a fight, just made on paper in my opinion. So. Yeah, so, exactly. So, with with that being said, we go to Shane, you know, and, and Trinidad, like you said, on very underrated boxing skills. I mean, you know, this guy, when, when we talk about, even though Oscar threw that fight away, we talk about the adjustments he made for Oscar to throw that fight away, there were some good adjustments. You know, when we talk about that jab he was talking about, very good jab. You know, the, the cat could box. Cat can really box, man. He was really, really, really underrated. We just known Tito for that left hook. But homie could really box, and he had a great jab. Now, go back to what Roberto said. We even Shane Mosley. Shane Mosley was very good at applying pressure, very good in that, that crouching tiger, hitting dragon type of type of move, seeking destroy, smoke, slow, I mean, small, compact. Um, but the thing about it is, every time you met a cat with a great jab, Okay, a great jab, Vernon Forrest, who gave him trouble in the Olympics, kept him out of it, I believe. Um, you know, even to the point where we talk about, you know, Floyd Mayweather. One thing people say, oh, he was old when he fought Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, but you weren't saying that the fight before that when he fought Antonio Margarita and he destroyed him. So, yeah. or you wasn't saying that when the second round when Floyd almost got out of there twice. You know, he has trouble with people that box him and have really good jabs just like you pointed out, Roberto. And at first, I had Shane Mosley win it to wrap it up. But then I thought about it, and it was that point right there exactly. It wasn't really the uppercut that had, you know, like you said, it had his eyes in his head. 
against Vernon Forrest. It was really and truthfully that Winky Wright fight, that second Vernon Forrest fight, and even that Oscar fight. When Oscar was sitting there, man, and he was giving him trouble, knocked his mouthpiece out, jabbing him in his head in the tenth round. And I was just like, you know what, man? I could really see Shane, and you've seen this before, when Shane go back to his corner, he get real frustrated on the stool. Like he got that little like. Yeah. Yeah. Like you ever see that look? Remember the girl from the Olympics who like when she got the yeah, silver yeah, with, with the bush face. Yeah, the bush face. The mush yeah. face. Yeah, that's what Shane <laughs> gives you in the corner, man. Like he get frustrated, he give you that look where he like kind of like, man, I can't believe this is happening type of stuff. So I could see him, man, like really. He might not turn it down too. Don't be surprised. But I think that, you know, as that fight goes on and Trinidad kind of, like, you know, uses his length, his height, his jab, and kind of hit Shane with those power punches, I could see Shane saying, you know what, man, you know what, his pop saying, yo, this is this is enough around the 12th round, or him losing, like, a wide decision, man, because I, I could see Trinidad getting dropped in, like, the second or third round, and then after that, man, Trinidad just kind of turns it on. But, again... Another great fight, um, you know. I, I shout out to two warriors, man. You know they don't make them like they they don't make them like they used to. You know these these guys that yeah. you know came batteries included, man. You got everything with these guys, man. And, and you know it's rare to find those types of cats here today that are like this. So you know I definitely appreciate this. You know you guys playing our what if, and um, this is a segment that we made up here in GYGB, and it's. You know, it's always good to have, you know, Bo chime in as well as, you know, Roberto. It's it's, it's a Garja Grow thing. And, um, you know, a lot of people can imitate us, man, but the one thing they can't do is when you talk about the decades of experience we had together, you know, and how we can kind of make this fight come alive just based on what we saw, you know, through our lenses, you know, that's one thing these people can't do. You, you two can do it to a point, but it won't give you the same feel that we had growing up watching these guys. So. You know, thank you for everybody that chimes in, and thank you for everyone that contributes. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yes, definitely stay tuned next week, R.O.D., and also follow us on Instagram, uh, at Boxing because he's, uh, he's going to be dropping the, the next one tomorrow, so we'll be discussing it next week and obviously covering uh, this weekend's fights. But this is... Uh, it's pretty much it, man. I want to thank Bo for coming on the line, man. You're becoming a regular on the show, man. And uh, pl- yeah, plug a plug the show. It's tomorrow, right? Your, your show's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Go ahead. What time is your show tomorrow? What time is your show tomorrow? It's at eight thirty uh, uh, Central Time, my time. So I'm in oh, Chicago. I'm in the Midwest. Oh, sorry. It's nine thirty. It's nine thirty, like our time right now. for you guys. And it's it's uh seven two four 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 seven four 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 one four two oh nine seven. I remember it now. Yeah, I remember one four two oh nine seven. All right. And we have a special guest, which is uh, Steve USS Cunningham, former heavyweight fighter. Okay, Steve US Cunningham, friend of the show. Yep. Yep, he's gonna come on the show. It's called the Movement. Eight thirty tomorrow. Call in, and Steve Cunningham's gonna be there. You guys call in, ask questions, man. And then, of course, you know, you can follow me on um, Twitter, truth underscore factbox1. And uh, truth and facts about boxing, I dropped, a, I dropped a video earlier today. You can, you know, and just like uh, Roberto and you guys, man, I love the sport. I want to bring back the integrity, and I appreciate you guys always having me on the show and, and, and just letting me be a part of 
something special in boxing because what happens is uh, this is something that you guys hear and that you don't see in mainstream media, which is guys, like you said, who have been on the grind for this sport for years, sharing what we know because we love it. Yep, yep. And, and can you do me a favor, brother, please? Can you make an Instagram page? <laughs> I'm, I'm, yo, man, you make you make some good conversation. You get you miss some, just make one, just make one up. Have Roberto make one up for you, man. You missing some great, you missing some great do jokes. This. Come on, man, just make one up, man. You, oh, Roberto, yeah, somebody yo, missing. Rod, yo, I be waking up, yo, I be waking up, uh, checking my phone, and Rod, Rod be tagging me like on these. I mean, even like outside of boxing stuff, just like some hilarious stuff, man. So like. <laughs> Okay. And plus, you know what you can do, man. The other thing you can do, man, is honestly, what you can do is is, and I know the show is over, but what you can do is you can put like Roberto used to. Roberto, for some reason, doesn't do it anymore. We'll talk about that later. But you can put segments of videos on your. On your page, we used to do that with Roberto. We used to put it on, you know, our page. We used to put it on a Guard Your Grill page, and Roberto put it on his page. So it would go on the group page, you know, because Roberto, you know, you know, obviously part of the Voltron. But then, you know, he would put it on, you know, his page as well. And like, you know, that was a way for people to see the YouTube page. So, you know, it's uh, okay. just a little, okay. it's just a little, it's just a little snippet. Like Roberto would do it. He put like a little snippet up. We put that joint up and. Boom! You know you got got a couple people hits, man. So, you know you you come you come and join us, man. Roberto fans become your fans, and obviously Roberto part of the the the, the you know Voltron. So you know you starting to become part of that as well. So you would get the hits from from the main page as well. Hey, I appreciate. I'm, I'm gonna do it, man, because you know it's it, it's hard. And I know you guys know it. It's really hard, man, to find dudes that really want to talk boxing objectively. You know, no personal agenda, just objectively talk boxing. That's hard to find, man. And that's why I love talking to you guys. Yeah, but we, like, we got we got we got some things in store, man. I mean, as far as uh new shows coming up and, and things as such, man, but you know, we're trying to we're trying to take it to the next level. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's kinda of the whole thing, man. I mean there there's a lot of people covering the sport in general, but I mean I think if it wasn't for people like us a lot of people wouldn't know where to get the 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 know of the sport and or just get our point of view, man. You know, because um, Doc's, I mean, he he termed the phrase like we speak from the cheap seats because it's like we are the fans that like we're not trying to show because you know you got people that are reporting and stuff that have a certain bias for a certain group of fighters or camps or what have you. So you, it's like, you know, there's a little bias there as opposed to, like, where you kind of stand out and say, you know what, we see the big picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, man, I mean, we, we show love to each and everybody. And then that's why we, I mean, we, we we have you on the show. We really have anybody who wants to chime in on the show, man. But um, at the very end of the day, man, you know, we're we're going to just keep it rolling. We're going to be back next week. We're going to be covering this Triple G, Kelbrook fight, and then we're going to be talking about Canelo, Liam Smith, and that whole card. So um, the fall is kicking off, man. So we'll be back next week uh, covering the fights. Uh, and also this Friday, uh, Danny Jacobs and Sergio Mora. And uh, that's pretty much it. Follow us at Guard The undercard is what I'm interested in. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's <laughs> most of all. I mean, like I said, technically the main event uh, on Saturday. Yeah. On SBO. <laughs> so uh, you know, follow us at Guard Your Grill Boxing uh, on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me at Roberto underscore Flack Twitter and Instagram. So until next week, I am Roberto Flack. This is my man Bo, and we're out. Peace. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.